Hi, welcome to our podcast on conscious creative leadership. The space where we get curious about leadership in the 21st century. I'm Darren Abrahams. And I'm Nadine Benjamin. We see ourselves as conscious creative leaders in an ever-evolving world. We believe we're all leaders in our own right. This podcast is our invitation to you to step into leadership with us. Sometimes it gets messy, but staying curious and open to change can open the doorway to new possibilities. In season two, we look at the daily challenges of leadership and how you can overcome them. Episode seven, decision-making. Do you have a choice? Welcome back to this final episode of our second season of the Conscious Creative Leadership Podcast. I'm Darren Abrahams. And I'm Nadine Benjamin. And today we are focusing on decision making. Do you have a choice? Wow. (laughs) Do we have a choice? Do we have a choice? Well, I feel that that is the essence of what we're talking about here with Conscious Creative Leadership. So interesting, a few episodes back we talked about fear and we said that fear was the underlying resistance to all of these other challenges. Mm. And here we are in decision making. Actually, decision making is about the point of choice. This is where you put conscious creativity into action. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that conscious creativity into action. It's so good, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, because we're not in control. Or again, I'm going to say that yeah. we're not in control again. But the, the, what, when we take charge of our decisions, when we realize that we're in command of our decisions, then, you know, we become really aware, we become really co- conscious, and we become really creative about how we are conscious. Yes. And sometimes getting conscious, especially in decision making, it's not necessarily about just getting conscious with ourselves and being in awareness with ourselves, but it's also asking for mirrors from others. Mm. Because sometimes we, we the, 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 there is a thing about thinking that we have to make decisions alone and that it's a very, you know, so- solitude thing. But actually sometimes we need that support, you know. Big organisations, big businesses, you know, there's more than one person making a decision. Mm. The reason for that is because we get a more um, all-rounded kind of look at the process of the decision making we can see um what are the pros what are the cons you know does it hold value for yourself but does it hold value for everybody else as well is there a fair exchange Mm. in the decision and so even as making a decision is active so is the process of making a decision very active i think and I feel this is the essence of empowerment. Yes, it is. This word is thrown around a lot. We talk about empowerment. You're an empowerment coach. Yes. I talk about empowering um, change makers. But what is it to actually empower? Empowerment to me is about choice. Yes. It's about having the safety Mm -hmm. and the consciousness Mm. to make choices about your life. Yes. And when I look around the world right now, I see so many different spaces in which people are not empowered to make choice. Yes. The education system, for example. <laughs> the education system does not empower anyone, not only mm. the uh, the students within it, but the teachers as well. Mm. Everyone has had their choice taken away because everyone is has been prescribed to move towards an outcome that they haven't chosen for themselves. Mm. Um 
and I think that that happens a lot. Health. Mm. You've had a lot of health issues over the last couple of years. Mm. Kind of, we've I've walked alongside you on some of those experiences, yeah. and so often in the environment of health, your choice is taken away. Your yes. you are disempowered yeah. when it comes to your body or your your mental health. Yeah. Um, so this this point when we decision making, it's a challenge. We put it in this series when we're talking about everyday challenges to leadership yeah. because to make a choice and to take the decision making the control of decision making mm. takes courage yes it does and often we back down from that we take it takes so much courage to stand in your own voice you know to actually say this is what i believe this is what i feel this is what is right for me regardless of the consequences because every decision has a consequence Please, 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 you must hear this. Every decision has a consequence. Even an indecision is a decision. Yes. Okay? So every every choice has a, um, a, a consequence. So I suppose part of the decision-making process is, as well has to be, can you live with the consequences? Mm. And... I think that has to be very clear because I feel that sometimes doing the right thing doesn't always feel like the right thing. Yes. And when we were preparing for this episode, inevitably we talked about privilege. Yes. And again, it's another one of those words that is used a lot mm -hmm. and I don't think is fully understood. What do we mean by privilege? Mm. It's not to do with money and status, although mm. that sometimes is very often connected. I feel privilege is actually to do with whether or not you get choice. Yes. And whether or not you have to think about choice. Yes. So privilege in the way that we're thinking about it in terms of <clears throat> race, gender, mm. sexuality, mm. etc., is that one can step into a space and not have to worry about how you appear in that space. Exactly. Because it's just taken as read that you are who you are. Mm. Um, it's about belonging as mm. well, whether or not you feel, it's not whether you do belong, it's whether or not you feel you belong. Yeah. Um, and that can stop us from making choices. If we have to, we have to choose how we show up within a particular space because our we, we may feel threatened it may be it may be a life-threatening mm. um thing about how you show up in a particular space like i'm i'm a gay man mm. um and it's an interesting thing about being a, a kind of a, a gay man in mm. our society is that there are laws that protect me mm. and um there are society is much more accepting Mm. And also I can pass because I am male and mm. I appear to be white. Mm. Um, so there's a lot about me that I can I carry a certain amount of privilege. Mm. However, I have to think very carefully about who I tell, who I share my identity with, mm. how I interact. If I was there with a partner, do I hold that partner's hand? Mm. Can I give that partner a kiss? Are there certain environments that I can step into or can't step into? Mm. So these things mean that I have to be thinking about them. It doesn't mean that I am necessarily going to be attacked mm. in that environment, but it has to, I have to have a level of consciousness about mm. it. 
So privilege for me means you don't have to have that level of consciousness. Mm. You can just take your partner's hand and give that partner a kiss yeah. without having to worry about other people attacking you for it. Yeah, no, that's, I think that's a, a real huge one. And um, I think sexuality is something that, um, across a, a wide variety of platforms, someone has something to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, you know, I want to just um, go back to that point of belonging. You talk about somebody recognising that they belong, but I think the other part of it, especially around sexuality, and I'm a black woman as well, I'm a black gay woman as well, mm-hmm. yeah, so, is how are you made to feel welcome? Yes. I don't necessarily need to feel like I belong. But I feel that it is important that I'm made welcome. And um, I believe that anywhere I am, I wish everybody to feel welcome. That feeling, that warmth, like that feeling of connection, thats for me, that's an initial connection. Yes. We can belong later on, for me, if we all gel together and it's something that we want to commit to in a, on a consistent basis. But that kind of welcoming, for me, is really, really important. And... Um, we're talking about making decisions. So like yourself, you know, I cross a load more intersectionalities than that. I'm also, you know, disabled and by neurodiversity. And I'm also a woman, mm-hmm. you know. I'm also a particular age, you know, my background. There's so many things that put me into a space where I have to think about decisions that I make and whether they're... Um, good for me and good for everybody else and I'll never forget that I don't know if you ever saw that video where there was a person at the front asking all these questions and each person should take a step forward oh yes I love that it's so powerful yeah yeah well I realized that I would never have moved off the spot yeah ever and so when I realized that I had to make some decisions (laughs) about how I was going to show up in the world because I recognised that if I didn't make those decisions, I was finished. Yeah. Because there would be nobody consciously rooting for me unless I started to consciously root for myself. Yeah. And when I did that, it allowed, gave others space to start helping me to make the decisions that I needed to go forward. But it also allowed me to start asking questions about the decisions that I may need further on down the line. Yes. It's a huge subject. Thank you for kind of discussing sexuality. You know, I'm not always comfortable talking about sexuality mm. because um, what I do at home is nobody else's business. But um, but I, but I also recognise that for all of it, it's it's really important that we be allowed to have as creatives yes to have self expression yeah my sexuality is part of my self expression self expression and um i'm happily married like you know i don't need to you know be looking anywhere else for anything i've got what i need and i'm very very we're a very quiet private couple you know so i just feel that everyone um should be allowed, I'm going to say should, I don't really like that word, but everyone should be allowed to have their space of autonomy and privacy around that matter, but also be allowed to feel welcome in any situation that they step in. Yes. I want to be really clear when we talk about privilege as well, that that's not a judgment or anything that one should be ashamed of. Mm. 
I see a lot on the in the political discourse is that people now are feeling um, attacked mm. because they have a level of privilege. Mm. Um, <clears throat> that's not our intention at all. No way. It's just to bring it into consciousness that there is some people have a level of privilege in certain spaces because they don't have to think about who they are in those spaces. They can just be in those spaces Um, and they can make choices in those spaces. Mm -hmm. But as you said, there are so many different levels of privilege Mm -hmm. or non-privilege. And you've talked about some very, very visual, visible ones, things like race and gender. Mm -hmm. And I'll put sexuality around that as well, Mm because that can be quite visible. But the big invisible one in our culture is class. Mm -hmm. And you've alluded to it, is that also class kind of where where you started off in life Mm -hmm. can be a big big indicator of of privilege or Mm non-privilege so we talk a lot about being a white male in this Mm. society having a lot of privilege but actually white males of certain classes don't don't they absolutely don't and i think what what's happening is that there's a lot of feeling around being accused of something which you don't actually feel yourself Mm. like a lot of men in our society don't feel like they have any privilege Mm. at all Mm. um and i think that's a really valid thing for us to think about Mm. so we're we're really talking about do you can you feel comfortable in a space and do you have choice which is what brings us back to decision making and Mm. here is a leadership trait Mm. being able to make clear decisions Mm. about yourself Mm. and about what you want and where you want to get to mm. is a hugely important part of being a fully functioning human being in our society. And also as a leader, it's really important that you take into account what we've just brought up. Yes. Is that the people in front of you, if you are leading others, okay, is their level of understanding to your vision in the same ballpark? And if not, how can you make it there? That, that, that equity. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about equity here, <clears throat> aren't we? As, as a leader that you are creating spaces in which everyone feels welcome. Yes. And that they can make choices in those spaces. That's really a lot of the the training that I do and I know it's mm. very much a part of what you do with everybody Probably can, can. Yeah. is that we we create what does it mean to create an inclusive space? Yes. An inclusive space is a space where people don't have to constantly think about how do I need to show up in order to yes, be accepted. exactly. Oh, my God. It's when a, I think about that. Yeah, it's as simple as that. Yeah. Really simple. But it takes a lot of consciousness because mm. we have, as a society and as individuals, mm. we have a lot of unconscious habits mm. and behaviours which we don't realize can be threatening or unsafe mm. or non or non-inclusive mm. exclusive to other people mm. and it's just shining a light on those things it's not about changing who you are mm. an inclusive space means everyone feels welcome yeah, in absolutely. that space which includes you the person who may have some extra privilege so yeah. we all need to feel comfortable in that space and sometimes that means we have to have some uncomfortable conversations and from a coaching perspective darren what i've realized you know and which i talk about in everybody can all the time is that we all get out at different levels of the lift <laughs> yes. no, but we do yes and sometimes we can talk about i mean i would have been i suppose seen as I don't know, underclass, working class, we know growing up, yeah? But then I look at, I've been around billionaires and millionaires, yeah? Who still feel like me. 
Yes. But in a different way. Yes. So basically, they've had all the money and all the everything, but they've got no motivation, have no bloody idea what to do. Mm. Whereas I started in the opposite way, so I know exactly what I want to do. Yes. I'm totally motivated to get to it. Yeah. But they are both um, consequences of the same kind of thing where we got out of on the left that doesn't make me different from them in terms of feelings those feelings will still be the same you know where humanity those those human feelings will show up with fear and anger and sadness and joy and happiness we'll all identify with those but i think in correlation to to privilege it's about understanding i also have privilege yes. i'm a, one of england's top opera singers like you know I now have a certain amount of privilege yeah. that makes me think, okay, so how can I be of more service? I think sometimes when we're talking about privilege, there are people that don't even equate how can I be of more service? It's just like, oh my God, I can't be bothered. And you know what? Sometimes that's fair enough. They might have so much going on in their lives right now they might have they might have a newborn baby they might have somebody that they're caring for they might we don't know what's going on behind closed doors so we can't actually make a judgment of what we feel privilege is what is good is that we make an understanding of what possibly looks like something but to inquire inquire and yes. to ask questions yeah and is this like that for you? That person might turn around to you and say no, but you thought that it was something else. Yeah. I know many situations like that where you hear somebody who's got a very posh accent, say, or very RP, but they were brought up in the middle of Liverpool, you know, and have changed that because they wish to do have an acting career. Yes. It's how can we have a better understanding of our perceptions ask more questions, inquire more, get to understand the human level of each, look across and uh, stop making these perceived ass ass assumptions and judgments. Yeah. You know, we want to live in a world where we can all hear each other, you know, and understand each other and listen well. And that we have permission yeah. to actually, to, to make that inquiry. Yeah. That it's, yeah, that that's allowed to. Because yeah. I think often what we're talking about is the fact that there's a feeling I don't have permission. Yeah. I'm not able to, I, am I permitted to be in this space? Am I permitted to ask yeah. that question? Yeah. Am I permitted to make that choice? All of those things. And I have felt like that. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I've been in situations where, you know, I've said I didn't know I was allowed to ask that. Yeah. And I felt a bit dumb afterwards that I didn't know that. But that was part of my learning. And then I realised, okay, I'm allowed to ask that. Yeah. But un, under, at no point... Is any human life in a room worth more or less than mine? Yeah. And I think that's what I would love to, that we start to feel and make connection with. Oh, we were going to talk about habits and addictions. <laughs> let's, let's, just, let's talk about that briefly yeah. because otherwise this, this episode could be very, very long. Yeah. Uh, but it's important. Um because we're talking about decision-making yeah. and often habit, habits that have been born out of potentially life-threatening situations in the past mm. can mean that we are pre-programmed into, into acting in a certain way. Mm. So when we're pre-programmed and habits are unconscious and behaviours are unconscious, mm. 
we actually aren't making choices. Mm. We might think that we're making choices. I think I, think I, might, I might think that I'm making a choice to reach for that drink. Mm. But actually, am I making a conscious choice or is that my behaviours, habits, addictions mm. forcing me to make that choice? Mm. It's, it's really interesting because if we're looking at this in a neuroscience perspective, about 85% of ourself is unconscious. Yes. So let's be totally honest about that. About yeah. 85% of us is unconscious. But we've got, oh, it's, I think it's 85 to 90, but we do have the 10%. And this, this is where Darren and I are really hedging our bets on this 10%. <laughs> <laughs> That this this level of consciousness is where we're driving you towards, and I suppose when we switch that light on in there, then we avoid the habits that can turn into addiction. Yeah, you know that can turn into drinking, eating too much, watching too much TV, <laughs> watching too much TV, porn, sex. Yeah. Like there's a lot of stuff that that can come into violence, bullying, yeah. domestic violence. You know. All of these things to run away from the person that is the self-leader in us, that, 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 that could step up to the mark. But we divert ourselves away from that, maybe sometimes because we haven't had enough role model. Mm. You know, and so we have to recognise as well that sometimes people can't come to this alone. Maybe they've brought up in their space that they've just had no leadership skills in front of them no role modeling yes um so i don't want to take away from anybody who has had that experience but i think it is really 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 important that when we do get conscious that and we recognize when we wake up i mean i'm 22 years sober i'm 22 years sober i'm in recovery you know um could i have woken up out of my alcoholism alone definitely not when I went into a treatment centre, there was about, I think there's 15 of us in the treatment centre, and the woman said to us, there'll only be three of you that ever make it. I'm the only one that made it. Yeah. So it's that thing of you have to almost um, wish to stand up for yourself, stand up for your consciousness, because that's where you find your empowerment. It's where you find your power. If you get lost in this unconsciousness, this agenda of non-decision-making, other people's agenda, other people's choices, you know, you allow your own natural instinctive self to be clouded, then then what kind of life do we end up living? Yes. Yeah. I was giving a training the other day yeah. to some wonderful people, community volunteers, and... Um, there was something came up. We were talking about self-care or, 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 and pr- protecting time for yourself. Mm. And one of these lovely women uh, said, oh, but I can't say no when people mm. ask. And I, I said, hold on a minute. Stop. It's not that you can't say no. It's that you either won't say no or don't say no. You can say no. But there is, I think, part, again, this is about decision-making. I don't feel that I can say no because there's an element of identity Mm. around being the person who always says yes. There is an element of fear about what do I do if I don't say yes. Mm. Um, 
So there's a whole whole load of stuff and around that And not being too. liked as well. And not being liked. Mm. So I call that, that's martyrdom. There's mm. a lot of martyrdom around that as well. And that's maybe the, the final place we want to talk about mm. uh, not making decisions mm. um, is that we keep putting ourselves in a position where we are, um, um, where we're hard done by. Mm. Mm. Because also sometimes it can be, it can be a, an enjoyable habit to say how hard done by I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we think we don't have choice, but we always do. So that and that indecision, that place of indecision is one of the top ranking things for, for um, illness. Yes. You know, it's been proved that, you know, because it, it kind of leaves you living in two worlds rather than one. Mm. And that can become very confusing for the mind. It can become very confusing for your mental state of health. But also that martyrdom that you're talking about um um, or, you know, martyrdom or compliance, because, you know, we yeah. have to be quite mindful here of that, I think, as well, yeah. is is that when we're in that, you know, there's a level of anger that's been suppressed, suppressed which then turns into depression, yeah. you know, which then allows the person to behave in ways that they wouldn't wish to behave. The abnormal becomes normal. Yeah. Yeah. There is, there really is a, uh, I don't want to say this word, but I think it is. It's, in this situation, I do believe it is a fight to come back to yourself, to really, to, to be in relation with the conscious part of yourself. You know, who's in training here? Who's, who, who needs to survive here? And it's definitely getting into relationship with your conscious self with the help of some form of superconscious self, as I always say, which is a spiritual practice for some people, meditation for some, prayer for some, you know. But, um, yeah, it's, it's getting back into that alignment. And what better way to end this season on challenges than by talking about your conscious self? Yes. Wow. Thank you so much, Darren, for sharing this journey with me. And we have a question. Oh, we do have a question. <laughs> we have two, in fact. Yes. So the first question is, how can you get clear on the decisions you need to make? How can you get clear on the decisions you need to make? And alongside that, referring back to something Nadine has said a few times during this series, is who can support this process with you? co-regulation we don't need to do everything alone no exactly co-regulation co-care mm -hmm. you know we come back to that space again don't we we do thank you thank you and um please get in contact with us darren and i believe in making conscious decisions not just con being conscious creative but making conscious decisions showing up one of the things that we have are coaches. We have coaches because we know that this work that we're talking with you over this season is challenging. We are leaders enjoying this next journey of our life. So if you or anyone you know could avail of what we have to offer, please get them to contact us. We would love to serve whoever needs our support in any way because we've got coaching um, to offer anybody that may need it and join the conversation and we'd love to hear from you what do you feel what is leadership for you what is consciousness for you what is creativity for you let's have a conversation and discuss it because we will learn from what you are sharing with us 
So over and out, I'm Nadine Benjamin. And I'm Darren Abrahams. For the last time in this season, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye-bye, take care. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us on this journey of conscious, creative leadership. If you'd like to know more, check out the show notes for links and send us a message at Conscious Creative Leadership on Instagram. Stay Stay conscious, conscious, stay stay creative, creative, stay stay self-led.